Hello and welcome to a new episode of Other Record Labels. I'm your host, Scott Orr, where we talk about the art and culture of running an independent record label. And if you follow along with the podcast in real time, we're coming to the end of the year and I want to look forward into the next year and I want to kind of um, half predict and half share some of my observations that I've been seeing record labels do recently. And I think that more record labels, independent record labels are going to be doing differently in 2023 or in the year ahead. Now, if you're listening to this far in the future, you can let me know if I was right. But I have five things that I'm seeing record labels do recently that I really like, I really admire, and I want to share them with you um, because I think they can give you some uh, some uh, ideas at, as you plan your next year or wherever you listen to this. I know that there's always like a new... Uh, there's there's always newness on the horizon, right? Like if you're in the summer, the fall is kind of a uh, the back to school time is kind of like a new year, and and spring is also a new year in in some ways. People kind of there's a lot of releases that come out in in spring, and then of course January. So whenever you listen to this, this is totally relevant. I think the other thing I hope this does for you is that it pats you on the back if you are doing some of these things because these are kind of new things for me. Uh, that I'm seeing that I think are are kind of cool. And if and if I got this idea from you, then you can pat yourself on the back because obviously it's it's people within our community. It's in our Facebook group, and it's and it's um, the labels I see on social media and that I follow on Bandcamp. Number one is um, oh, and by the way, if you are a new listener, I'm so glad to have you. I've got a couple requests before we just real quick before we dive in. Number one, if you're a new listener, come on over to otherrecordlabels.com to access all of our free resources for independent record labels. And number two, if you are a, an old listener and you haven't yet left a review on iTunes, then come on. You know what I mean? Come on. Let's come on, please. It's Christmas. Do it. Do it for me. That's my little Christmas present. Stuff it in a stocking for me. Head over to iTunes. You can do it on Spotify mobile now as well. Leave a, a starred review. And uh, and say something nice. Only come over if you you have something nice. Number one is I'm seeing record labels be more transparent. I'm seeing record labels be transparent with their personal mental health and and their their personal struggles with the the record label, whether that's financial or it's stressful. I'm seeing record labels be uh, transparent with their finances and and sharing about how much shipping is cost lit, costing literally and, and showing invoices of, of vinyl manufacturing and, and cassette manufacturing and, and talking about the finances uh, out in the open so that a lot of our, uh, the music fans who maybe don't understand what goes in behind running a record label or how much is involved w- when they place an order on a store, um, now they can see that in, and hopefully have a little bit more patience and, and empathy. We're seeing record labels be transparent with the entire process of meeting artists and and signing artists and working on an album and fighting against long lead times and um, and trying to discover great music. And I just think it's an incredible thing that I'm seeing our record labels just being more open, being more vulnerable. Um, and And I've said this before. There are one-person operations. There are small record labels that use the the capital we uh, when they when they talk about their their label, and when in reality we know that it's just one individual. Um, and and I'm seeing that change where there's one individual. We know their name, and they're tweeting, or they're they're posting on stories about their struggles and about operating 
a record label as just an individual and oftentimes an individual who has a family or who has a part-time job or a full-time job or all of three of those things and other responsibilities. Maybe they're an artist in a band, they're on tour as well. Uh, regardless, it's just really encouraging, I think, and it develops a lot of empathy and compassion when record labels are transparent. And so I would encourage you, and I think with all of these things, I encourage you to uh, to adopt some of them or all of them or to adapt some of the things that um, are most relevant to you. But I think transparency is super important, not just transparency with our artists, that's an obvious, um, but transparency with the general public and with other labels too. And and this is what we see when we're transparent, we kind of take off that veil. We take off that um, that fake, you know, that that thing that we do on social media where we we show like stacks and stacks of records that we're shipping, uh, secretly hoping we're making other people jealous. Um, we not nefariously, but we but deep down, I think we kind of are. So let's let's try to be more transparent. And I think that's something we'll see labels do more in the new year is be more transparent with uh, their personal mental health, um, the overall operations and, um, and their financial situation, whether it's good or bad. Number two, uh, I'm seeing labels do, and this is so exciting, is ditching the norm. Ditching things that are um, traditional, a major label traditional, but also uh, independent record label traditional. Now, we saw a couple of years ago record labels giving up on premieres because some of our favorite blogs were disappearing. There was a lot of these challenges where we would maybe ask for a premiere from a couple different blogs and then a smaller, less notable uh, blog would say yes. And then we would worry that, well, what if Pitchfork or Stereo Gum says yes a couple of days later? Then what do we do? You know, it was kind of an awkward situation and, and we don't even know if they were working. Now, actually, ironically, I am seeing them start to come back a little bit and I feel a little nostalgic for them. <laughs> so, but the point is I'm seeing record labels ditch the norm, even things like long lead times, which I recommend here a lot. I know that, but at the same time, sometimes surprise releases or sometimes doing a lead time that is completely conducive to you and the band in your situation, in your finances. For example, it might mean releasing digitally the moment the record is ready and not um, building up too much fanfare but then opting to build fanfare into the vinyl release and pushing the vinyl release six months from the digital release. All of these things are breaking the rules. I'm using air quotes here. You can't see me. If you can see me, that's creepy. But I'm using air quotes to say breaking the rules, meaning that these are things that other labels have done before, but they're not really rules because we can change the rules. And so that's what I love. And, and we're seeing it too with independent artists and touring uh, and uh, you know, there was one independent artist um, I, I was doing an interview with uh, recently and, and talking about how instead of feeling that pressure, I mean, they they feel pressure to do TikToks and to do short form videos instead of um, giving into that pressure to focus more on becoming a better songwriter, to becoming a better performer um, or or a better, um, you know, to better at recording and mixing. Uh, and I think we're seeing that with touring, too is artists and record labels are saying it's really hard to tour. Gas is super expensive. Travel is super expensive. Um, there's health concerns with traveling. And so they're saying, let's just not do that. Let's just put more effort in to doing online content and to, and to making music. And so that's all part of ditching the norm. And I think that's something we'll see more of 
in 2023. And I think, I hope that's something that you give a try to. Um, it, maybe it's not releasing singles to uh, Spotify. Maybe it's doing something completely different. I think that's cool. Number three, I'm seeing a lot, and it's so cool, is co-releasing. Co-releasing with other labels. Um, this is so cool. There's a couple of reasons why co-releasing a record. Okay, just to clarify, in case you're not familiar with it, two record labels completely independent of, of each other represent the same artist uh, for multiple releases or one individual release. So here's how you could do it. One example would be an American record label partners with a European record label. <clears throat> Excuse me. And the American record label handles the sales and um, distribution and marketing uh, and shipping domestically in North America. And then the European label uh, would handle the same, but in Europe. That makes sense, right? And so that's really cool. I think that's super cool. And I mean, you don't have to do it as clear cut as that. You could have one label that does the whole world minus Japan. And you find a, la a label who knows the Japanese market and, and, and the cassettes that are popular there and the CDs and, and the, the kind of the cool packaging, Japanese packaging that they are still doing with CDs with, with OB strips and stuff like that. A label who knows that market knows all the retail stores there and they're going to handle just Japan and maybe they get streaming too. Maybe they get Bandcamp for Japan as well. You know what I mean? So that's kind of cool. International co-releasing. There's also um, the advantage of tag teaming, uh, categories or specializations. So here's another example. Let's say a label has this incredible presence on YouTube and on streaming platforms, and they just are killing it with playlisting and they have a really big, um, YouTube audience to feed their music to. And so they're going to take care of streaming, but perhaps they know nothing about physical sales or they're not interested in dabbling with merch or with vinyl or tapes. And so Another label says, well, we're going to handle that. So this is usually, it's not often that an artist will approach two labels for that because it, it takes a lot of, um, you know, it takes a lot of accountability, a lot of humility in a way for labels to say, we're going to share this. I think it's a beautiful thing. I absolutely love it. I've seen a few of our labels in our community do it this year, and I think it's super cool. And I hope that more of you do it in the new year. And the, the other really cool thing about it is that it's like emotional support, right? When I was an independent artist, I'm still an independent artist, but when I would play shows and I would show up to the venue and nobody was there and I was the only one on stage, it, I felt like crap. But when I had a band and we all drove to the venue and we all got up on stage and nobody was there, I felt less like crap because I could spread the crap between the five of us. You know what I mean? And I think that's what, <laughs> this is super cynical, but I think that's what um, is great about co-releasing with another record label is that you have someone to emotionally support you. At least, you know, you're not alone in, in believing that this record is really special. And if nobody else sees that, at least you and that other record label <laughs> agree on that. Number four, and this is a pretty obvious one is donating to charity uh, and doing charitable causes, working with certain things. We saw that a ton with compilations for Ukraine, which was incredible. Um, a lot of fundraising compilations, um, you know, for abortion rights, lots of things over the years um, where labels will drop everything, put together a compilation, make it digital only or cassette or something that they can make really quickly, um, sell as many of them as possible. All of the artists donate a track. 
And then they take that money and they donate it immediately, 100% of it or whatever the the after the costs have been deducted. So that's a really cool thing that I'm seeing. There's also like single day or single item donations that, that go to charity and to causes. So for example, let's say you do some merch and you say all of the money from this t-shirt is going to you know, a certain charity that's important to your label or important to the artist. Very, very cool. Uh, you can take an EP that's coming out. You can auction off a test pressing and all the money that comes from this. Or we say, instead of Black Friday sale, we're going to do a 10% off sale on Black Friday, but all that money is going to a certain charity. Very, very cool. The other thing I've seen more and more, and we had a couple of these labels on the channel this year, is becoming a charity. I mean, I know a lot of folks out there are um, kind of involuntarily not for profit, <laughs> not making a profit. And so they don't care because their goal is to help artists be heard and to try to get as much money to their artists, um, which is a noble cause. And so some of these labels are saying, what is it? What does it take for us to actually become a charity where we can get charitable status? And I've seen a few labels do it this year. It's different for whatever country you're in. Um, and I'm sure it's different in the US for different states. Um, and I hope that we can do more. We can talk to more labels who've done it. Um, we had a label on the show this year who um, was trying to become carbon neutral, um, which is another really cool thing. So I think that's really important too, because um, we know that causes are very meaningful to customers in in this day and age. And so for someone to buy a record selfishly, right? They're like, I'm selfishly buying this record because it's beautiful and it sounds great. But an artist is being helped and maybe somebody else, another charity is being helped. Well, that's quite meaningful and it makes their purchase or their purchase is carbon neutral or whatever. So um, that really has a huge impact on consumers. Number five, finally things that I'm seeing record labels do this past year, and I believe they'll, we'll see a lot more in 2023, is experimenting and then moving on. And I mentioned earlier, um, irregular release schedules. Um, this is, you know, well, I mentioned, you know, kind of re um, uh, reinventing, you know, or, or, or rethinking the traditional release model. But one thing I've also seen is a label who comes on the scene and and listen if if you're still listening i appreciate it but i want you to, to listen to this specifically because this could be you i've seen labels who will release one record in january maybe another record in february then they'll get a little overwhelmed with the label or their life or their job or their family and they'll take some time off and we won't hear from them we don't see them on social media we don't hear any releases and all of a sudden they come back on the scene in November or December and they release a single or an EP. And, you know, I've, I've taught a few times that consistency is best. And if it, you're going to do a quarterly release or a, a monthly release, or we, we just interviewed a label that does two releases a week, I think two to three a week. It's insane. Um, <laughs> they're coming up in a couple of months on the, on the show, but anyway, um, Whatever it is, I've, I've often to talked about the importance of being consistent, but I'm going to break that rule right now because sometimes I think it would I would rather you, um, if you can't be consistent, I'd rather you stick around. I, I, I don't ever want you to feel like I haven't released a record on my label in a year or, or I've only released one record this past year. Maybe I should 
fold up shop or maybe I sh- I should consider myself a failure. I I think that these irregular release schedules is part of this modern um experimenting that's happening with record labels, independent record labels and I think it's amazing and I think it's cool and I want to just encourage you that because I'm I'm this way with my label now because I'm busy with my own music as an independent artist and I'm I'm full-time with other record labels and so I don't really have a lot of time for my own label, uh, ironically, but I'm still doing one release a year uh, or more uh, or zero maybe next year. I don't know, Um, but that's okay. That's my point is this um, uh, irregular release schedule I think is is normal now and I, I hope we can normalize it. Uh, you, you, we're seeing as well, unique formats. Um, we're seeing people experimenting with formats, uh, physical formats. We're seeing people experiment with genres. We're seeing labels who are no longer being genre specific or are, you know, signing bands that are outside their comfort zone. Um, and then also I've talked about this a lot too. And we talked about this in the new book, um, about these random, unique in-person events and labels who are experimenting with going to craft shows in their local town and going to to fairs and festivals and just doing really cool stuff like that and 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 thinking outside the box. I mean, a lot of us think, okay, music venues. Uh, or we think, you know what? Okay, I got to pause for a second. I've been going to these record fairs. I just found out um, recently, I think I mentioned this in a, a few videos before, that I've been like searching for these 70s bootlegs on vinyl. Um, and I, I'm kind of obsessed. And so once a weekend, I try to find where the record fair is happening. And usually, and it's in a, a city, um, all over the, where I live and, and sometimes I have to drive a bit to get there. And it's a bunch of old dudes in a, in a nursing home. The last one was in a nursing home, like in their, in their little event space in a nursing home and people set up and they sell it. They're all old records. They're like a lot of rock and progressive rock and all that stuff. But I was thinking, it's kind of interesting. I don't know if this would be allowed, but how cool would it be for an independent record label, especially if you, um, you know, you did punk or you did electronic music or jazz or something that might appeal to the older demo that are there and set up a, pay for a tiny little booth and just say, um, you know, we're going to set up our, our record label here at this record fair that's selling mostly vintage and and you know, hard to find records, but we're going to sell this new vinyl. I don't know if it's a lot. I'm sure it would be because they always they have new vinyl there. But what's cool about this, and and this is what we talked about in in the marketing book that came out this year, is that if you were to do this example, setting up at this at this record fair, you would be the only record label there. There was no record labels there. They're just they're just vendors who have record collections. There was a couple independent record stores who bring stock and set them up at this fair. I've been to three of them this fall and uh, I love them. I'm going to be going to to them all the time. And it would just be so cool if a record label set up in one of these things. And I mean, what about like a Christmas bazaar? And (laughs) this is crazy. Uh, But you know what I'm saying? And what's cool about this is that you're going to an event where there's no other record label. And I think if there was a record label set up at one of these fairs, it would be so novel because they're the only ones there. I would totally go check them out. I would chat up the um, the person there. I would probably buy something just because I wanted to support them. So the point is, is that the thing I'm seeing record labels do more of this year, and I believe we'll see more of next year, is experimenting and moving on. 
experimenting. If it works, great. You don't necessarily have to double down on it and do it all the time. It could just be a one-time thing for fun. And if it fails, and a lot of experiments do, we just move on. And I think that's really cool. And I, and I hope that a lot of you incur, uh, experiment uh, with how you promote your releases and, and experiment with in-person events and kind of get outside of our comfort zone. In this past year, we've noticed the kind of the, the fall of, of social media. I, I think we'll look back on this year and, and see like the Facebook stock prices dwindling and Instagram kind of being uh, overwhelmed with ads and, and weird stuff. And then, and then Twitter just kind of falling to pieces. And so, and TikTok being outright banned by the government, you know? So it's kind of a good time to get out into real life. I say this as, as, as I record this, it's Friday night and I don't plan on going anywhere right now, but staying at home. So I'm kind of not practicing what I preach, but anyway, these are five things that I have, I've seen, I've noticed in our Wonderful, vibrant, exciting, in, inspiring community of record labels. Number one, being more transparent with your personal mental health, with your financial struggles, and and with the whole process. Number two is ditching the norm, ditching things that major labels did, but even things that we as independent record labels feel like we might have to do, but instead completely ditching and doing your doing things your own way. Number three is co-releasing, whether whether with an international label or tag teaming with another label um, for different specializations. Number four, donating to charity or, or becoming a charity. And then number five, experimenting and moving on. Uh, experimenting if it works and, and, and moving on and experimenting again or experimenting if it fails, it's okay, move on just to keep on experimenting. So I hope I see this. I hope I see these five things. We'll look back at the end of next year. And if you're listening to this out of schedule, out of year, that's okay. They, they can be new to you. Um, but I, I think that um, these are really cool things I'm seeing and I and I believe we'll see more of next year. Uh, thank you so much for being a listener. Thank you for being a part of our community. Head over to otherrecordlabels.com if you haven't been in a while because I put all of every article, every episode is kind of transcribed and put up in our featured articles right on the main page, otherrecordlabels.com, so you can catch up on previous episodes. Or if you feel like just reading an episode uh, and, and kind of just digesting it that way, you can do all of that and download our free resources. More tutorials coming uh, in the new year and more free resources coming at otherrecordlabels.com. Thanks for listening.